Welcome back to the PG D&D Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to PG D&D. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Jefferson Beatty, joined by... Connor, I play Callan. Shay, I play Thalassa. Tyson, I play Alondros. Matt, I play Delphus the Great. Zane, I play Theseus. Last time on PG D&D, you met the newly awakened Apollonia to find a stern and abrasive cocky leader. She wanted to get off the island quickly and made preparations with your ship to leave. You spoke with Christos's wife and determined that it may be better for many of the people that were frozen there to stay because the world that they would be ter- returning to is one that no longer exists, having much time passed while they were statues. After doing some exploration of the uh, citadel, you found several magical items, uh, including but not limited to a, a magic flying chariot, belt of uh, stone giant strength, a sword, a rapier rather, dipped in the Tardix River, um, and a breastplate of armor belonging to Mojus. Before Theseus could acquire it, he had a vision of Mojus, where Mojus again warned him that there was a, a something coming, that he needed to be ready for it, a sacrifice to be made. After that, you gathered more troops, about 20 more soldiers, and set sail on the ship as you left. Adelphos finished carving his horn and then took off the helm of the heathen king and had a dream of his mother that finally revealed to him his father gave her the handkerchief engraved P-R with the black rose. Not knowing what to make of this, he woke up in a cold sweat and mower of his body was overcome by whatever disease is turning him slowly into a walking skeleton. On the top deck, he had a conversation with Callan, uh, who encouraged him to speak with uh, Iroas about this and also to confront Theseus about the the reality of his visions. After that, uh, Adelphos saw in vision his uh, god Iroas, who told him if he were to continue to follow him, he would be blessed like many rhododendrons had been, and that as far as uh, Theseus goes, no follower of Mojus can be trusted. And that is where we left off. Adelphos, uh, you hear land ho, and as you kind of blink your eyes, you now see just the wooden hull of the ship above your head in your cabin. Um, I grab my gear and go out on the deck. Okay. You see almost all of the soldiers are there. They're all fully uh, decked out in all of their <clears throat> armor. Ranging from Acroan hoplites to Miletian hoplites, even to more lightly armored, mobile, Satessan outfits. Um, all in different arrays of styles that reflect the many different years of people who have set in search for the Isle of Envy. It is a bit foggy as you approach the reddish cliffs that are in front of you. A small port um, with no ships. Uh, at dock, lies ahead of you, and you see at the front of your ship, Apollonia, um, standing next to her griffin, fully uh, clad in her suit of armor, and your friends also up there, uh, amongst 
the crew. What's the plan then? Double time to Akros. She takes a deep breath through her nose and releases it. And she says, It's funny. Though much has remained unchanged though much has remained unchanged. I can tell it's been a long time since I've seen these cliffs. I can't see him yet. But if what you told me is true, Fausta should be here with more troops. Hopefully enough to startle any forces that may be waiting for us in Akros. Theseus, this is the first time in how long has it been? Probably a year. Well, it's, it's well, actually, been it's, been a, it's, been, it's been a little bit longer because of the time jump. So it's been two years. It's been about two years, I guess. We're we talking about since he last saw his dad. Since he last saw these cliffs. Oh, gotcha. And you are taken back to the day that you left. You haven't seen these cliffs in two years. And suddenly the salty air and the fog around you takes you back to the day that you left. Trudging down the steep decline from the cliffs above onto the rocky... Uh, shoals leading into the crude port. Um, you can hear Basilius, sorry, Faustus Basilius, your uh, old friend, calling out marching orders. Left! 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 Right! Left! And as you make it down to port, you see the better equipped standard army get onto their nice ships and begin sailing away to Neolantis. And you, along with Adelphos and several other of this slave unit full of slaves and criminals and prisoners um, are ordered to get on not a ship of war, but a transport ship made for transporting just that. You see you're forced into chains and put beneath deck, chained together to oars as you row away, not caring much if the ship would go down with a crew like you. And as you see they're going around chaining you all up, Adelphos, this is... No new, there's nothing new to you. Um, but Theseus, this is the first time you've experienced something like this. And as Faustus comes and claps the manacles of bronze around your wrists, he looks into your eye with his and he says, It's really a blessing. <clears throat> the sentence is minuscule compared to what normal people get. You're lucky to have, you're lucky to have escaped with your life. Sometimes I, Sometimes I would have preferred the alternative to being reduced to this. He looks around. He says, with almost a bit of disdain, not all of us were born to such privilege, friend. These men here, most of them, don't have a choice like you did. They're good men. They fight well. As do you. And for that, I know you'll be okay. I didn't choose this, Faustus. You can tell by the look in his eye, he did, he's not sure if he believes you or not. And he says, whether or not that's true, you're here now. Don't worry, I'm, I'm here to look after you, like you have for me so many times. He kind of gives you a half smile. I can't control what house I was born into. But I know the decisions that I've, that I've made and the decisions you've heard I've made. And it's not true, Faustus. Then you hear uh, another officer come up behind him and say something, and then you hear Faustus kind of give you a, a half-hearted nod, and he shouts at the crew, All right! We're shoving off! We'll hit Neolantis in two days. Prepare yourselves to die in glory, or take the city. For Akros! Everybody on the ship. For Akros! For Iroas! Everybody on the ship. For Iroas! 
and you begin to sail away. You're sort of jogged out of this flashback as the bow of your ship uh, connects with the rocky beach. The sort of crudely made decks uh, or docks going out um, in a half circle, like prongs on a wheel. Um, The small port appears to be empty. She's not unheard of. Akros is not known for their sailing capabilities. Um, And this makes do for what little commerce they do, as well as sailing to war. But, Theseus, it is not usually this empty. Where is Theseus on the ship? Uh, Looking over the side, staring at the cliffs. I'll walk next to him to the side. Just kind of stare at the cliffs for a minute. It has also been two years since you've seen these cliffs, Adelphos. Now for only the second time in your life. The first being when you left. And you have a similar memory. You don't know what was said between uh, Theseus and Faustus, but you remember carrying your gear down the hill and being locked up in chains beneath the deck. What was it? A year ago? Two? Feels shorter, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But it feels like a long time at the same time. I don't know whether to embrace these cliffs as our home, whether to spit on them. I don't know where my home is anymore. Just then, you see a figure standing on top of one of these sheer cliffs, shadowed, cloaked. Um, It darts away. And then after several minutes, you hear somebody coming down the steep path down the cliffs. The same cloaked figure. And as it approaches, you recognize it to be Faustus. And he talks in a hushed tone as he approaches the ship. <clears throat> Heroes. He looks up at Apollonia at the edge. Apollonia, welcome home. As much as I like the ocean, I'm ready to get on some land. Well, you're more than welcome. <clears throat> How many were you able to recover from the island? Uh, we only brought a, not too many with us, mainly soldiers. Good. We'll need them. Apparently, Apdo has tipped off somehow that you all are still alive. Sorry. Because of that, he's done his best to expedite the process <clears throat> of the unification. The city's heavily guarded by not only the King's Guard um, in Akros, but also a heavy Leonin force. They intend to sign the papers today. Not today, sorry. They intend to sign the papers in only a few days. Which doesn't give us much time to march there. Hopefully we will not have to fight. But if so, this ragtag group may be just enough to prove our point. We have about 200 waiting for you on the cliffs. Oof, that's not very many. That's all we could manage. Well, let's hope hope it doesn't come to a fight. Let's hope the odds are in our favor. And then you see Apollonia has remained unmoving this whole time, not even acknowledging Faustus, just staring at these cliffs. And she says, as you say that Adelphos, oh, they certainly will be. She hops off the front of the ship into the gravelly sand and begins walking up the steep path. You march to the top of the cliffs. It's a steep climb. And as you get to the top... Uh, you see you're on top of uh, a, a landscape foreign to most of you. Red, dirt, bad lands, um, sort of scattered throughout, mostly flat. 
in the distance, you see another set of, of cliffs, out, uh, cliffs outstretching, um, looking over uh, uh, the valley that you're in now. You can't quite make out the city, but that's Akros, about a day's march. This land is barren, dusty, with limited vegetation. The Akrolans have scratched out a harsh living here, but have earned every inch. Anything we should know in particular? Do's and don'ts of the city? As I look towards Theseus and Adelphos. <clears throat> Confidence is key. Power is respected. Honor is respected. Be a butt. And you do see that there is about 200 uh, soldiers kind of waiting, semi-hidden at the top of these cliffs. The ragtag group, many of which you have seen before uh, in uh, the Kraken's Lair. Kraken's Grave, sorry. Good to see you lot again. They all kind of stand at attention, shocked that you're there, and even more shocked that Apollonia is there. Well, Faustus, what is the plan? He looks to Apollonia. Apollonia, what's your plan? We take back what's mine. And she begins marching towards the city. Great plan. Well, I guess we're going to figure this out as we go. So, you follow her and you march about a day. By the time you reach the base of yet another set of steep cliffs, it is about nighttime. You know, Theseus, that once you begin your ascent on these cliffs, when you reach the top, that will be the city gates. Almost not even visible because they are right hanging even over the top of these jagged, rocky red cliffs above you, sits the city of Akros. Though dimly lit by fires and torches, you can tell its large city walls are much greater than that you have seen in any other city-state traveling Theros. They stand over 120 feet tall, nearly 40 feet thick, painted red at the base with a white wash on top. You see several guards out patrolling the walls, and you can tell that this is a fortress. Not just a city. Apollonia stops. And she turns around and she says, It would be better if we wait the night here and come in the morning. That way, the citizens will be awake and can see. You think that's what will win you the most favor? Then wait we shall. We make camp here. Well? Has, has anyone <clears throat> realized that at this point, I don't know if... We have ever directly gone against Apto. At this point, I don't think we've done anything to create a war with him. Is there any way that we could use that in our favor? Well, I mean, we are doing just what he asked. It's true. Yeah. We're either playing into his hand or we threw a sliver in it. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it I does. Think, I think both parties know where the other one sits, <clears throat> but there hasn't been anything official said. No. Or done about it. It's just been cold, silent war. Hopefully, it doesn't come to bloodshed. But at least we do have that going for us as being <clears throat> middlemen, as having not really gone against anything that. He said. Either way, they will have no choice but to listen to us. Because Apollonia is royalty. And the throne is hers. 
common law. We'll see to that. Has your father ever mentioned, made mention of knowing Apollonia? Would he have? Maybe. I feel, um, like, I feel like he would, like in passing, like, you know, I, even I knew Apollonia, you know, yeah, something like that. Yeah, crazy party. No. So he was a very young man, mm-hmm. like, a te- like a little teenager yeah. when she disappeared. And I think he knew her in the same way a rich family's kid would know another rich family's kid hmm. or a richer family's kid, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not necessarily like buddy buddy, but mm-hmm. like they rub shoulders, no, I guess. Yeah. They know of Correct. each other. Correct. Um sorry, what was your question exactly? Um, if your father ever made mention of knowing Apollonia. Gotcha. <clears throat> Only knowing her and passing. Just through, just through the events that they would throw, and through family. Makes sense. I'm I'm very curious why your father is doing all the things that he is doing to help Abdo. It doesn't seem like him in the brief passings that I've met him. My father's never been the most devout when it comes to the worshipping of the gods. Mm. But he does believe in them, and this is not how I would see him acting. Yeah, I think there's foul play. Perhaps a little self-preservation as well. Yeah. Yeah, that might be even more what it is. Some form of extortion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even foul play in the sense of I don't know. His maybe opinion. his whole, maybe his right mind just isn't there. Yeah. In the sickness. While we're on the talk of Proteus, as I kind of look to Kellen, I had a vision last night. I prayed to Iros about what I should do, and I also had a vision about my mother giving me my handkerchief, saying it was the last thing that. Reminded, that reminded her of my father. And knowing the few letters I do now, I pull out the torn handkerchief and I just hand it to Theseus. I don't know if I'm catching his drift or not, but it's whatever you want. I know. I uh... you would be familiar with this design of handkerchief. Mm-hmm. Like you're, it's like again, like a rich dad has like a bunch of handkerchiefs that are embroidered with his stuff. Like, yeah. Like I mean this. It's your dad's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I knew, no yeah. refuting that. Of course. What exactly are you trying to say, Adelphos? I think I'm your brother. Are we, like, all there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was doing, like, doing this yeah. in front like, of like, everyone. Yeah, wow, just, what an intimate moment. <laughs> you're all just standing around. Yeah, I'm just doing the this fire. in front of, like, our group. Our little group. I'd probably be looking, like, directly into the fire, like... Mm. Hey, uh, Alondros... Velasa, can you help me over here? I got something. Yep. Yes, I uh, think I think I need to help you with that. Yep. Yeah, over there. Yes. <laughs> you, you'll do it wrong if I'm not there. Absolutely. I, I'll come. Are you? How far away do you go? Far enough to give. But not close enough to here. No. It's like okay, when you I leave. It's like when you leave you. a room, but then you put like the glass cup up to yeah. the door. But if I can still see their mouths. That's true. <laughs> The fire crackles and burns as the stars begin to to appear in the next sky. 
um, with the massive fortress city of Akros looming above you. Well, first I must say, I, if it is true, I would consider myself a lucky man. I'd say the same. Cool. Cool. <laughs> uh, Our differences aside, we sure behave like brothers at least. I guess we come from pretty good looking stock. We're pretty good looking guys. And good fighters. It would be in our blood. It would be. I'll tell you this much. I know that that handkerchief, handkerchief is most certainly my father's. Of that I can be certain. And I can be certain my mother gave it to me and told me it was the last thing that reminded her of... It was. Yeah. Last thing that was given to her by you. Yeah, the last thing that she had of my father's. I hope this to be true. I really do. I think it's time that we we find answers to these questions. We have some questions for your our father. War brothers. War and brothers. I take I put my hand out. Say real brothers. Real brothers. Real brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Over the fire, you guys. Clasp hands together. <laughs> Like your hometown looming over you in the background. Oh my gosh, do you think they're just having the most emotional and just heartwarming conversation right now? Yes, it looks like it's going great. You guys look over and you see Adelphos and Theseus clasp hands over the fire, War Brother style. It's beautiful. Shall we go back and see how it went? Definitely. We'll go over and, you know, just act nonchalant. If they want to bring it up, we can talk about it. If not, that's fine. Oh, no, I ran up. How'd it go? <laughs> How did uh, your thing go? Oh, yeah. Uh, yep, we got fixed. <laughs> What'd you fix? Delpho says. It was Stuff. the, uh, you know, the, the, the cart mm-hmm. that we had. Yeah. Was missing. A pin. Regardless, it's fixed now, so it doesn't matter. It goes, uh huh. Yeah. It's fine if you guys don't want to talk about it. It's fine. You just went well, though. Delphus just looks at Theseus. Might be a lot to sink in. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. It went great. Good. Well, I'm going to bed. Good night. Good night. Um, Adelphos nods and goes to leave to, to go to bed as well. And we never yeah. saw him again. As you all uh, begin to separate to go to your various places to sleep, you notice uh, the front of the camp facing the city. Sitting on a rock is Apollonia. I'm just staring at the city. Unmoving. Theseus, as you go looking for a place to sleep um, uh, against this cliff. These large sandstone rocks kind of strewn about, fallen from off the top. You go a little ways from camp. Not too far, but far enough to get some seclusion. And even though it's dark, the place is familiar. And maybe by accident, maybe on purpose, you find a large sandstone rock etched into it T plus S it's about eye level to you 
etched in the face of the cliff, and you have a flashback. It is a hot summer's day. You're down here with Sophia. It's not uncommon for you two to go on walks, and you do what you can to escape the armed guards that your parents send with you around the city, despite you being one that trains for the games. This is one of such times where you have escaped those guards. As you're walking, kicking rocks in the base and outskirts of this cliff, Sophia says, I think all of it's true. It's all of what true? Well, you know, just what our parents have said about us growing up. Said about what? Come on. She gives you a look like an old friend does. Um, like you're pulling her leg. And she says, Wait, wait, wait. Question. Well, yeah. How old are we? 17. And she kind of like socks you in the arm. And she's like, you know, that's them teasing us our whole life about us ending up together. Um, kind of like run my hand through my hair, like kind of nervously, you know. I don't know. Is that what you, is that what you want? And she kind of gives you a side eye. Oh, Theseus, rhododendron. That's one thing that they don't really teach you in in uh, training, do they? And she just kind of climbs up on top of a rock, a large one. She says, Something missed by you great warriors that us training to be politicians must be well-versed in. She kind of looks at you um, smugly, and she says, And that's how to read body language. Especially that of a woman's. She kind of lies down on the rock, staring up at the sky. I mean, it would never work anyway, right? Well, I mean... <clears throat> I mean, wouldn't be all that bad. Oh? Besides your... Besides your cockiness, I guess you're okay. She kind of leans up and looks at you, and she's like, Besides your uh, oafish looks... I assume. I guess you're okay, too. Now we both know that's not true. (laughs) She kind of leans back on the rock, and she says, I can just picture it now. (sighs) Councilwoman Sophia Rhododendron, coming home from her busy day. Large house built by two families. Tired, she sees her sons playing in the yard. She kind of looks at you. Because, of course, you'll, you you would never give me any daughters. Playing army or soldier or hero, whatever it is you boys play around with those sticks in the yard. Her husband, Theseus, Theseus Rhododendron. Retired victor. Living in luxury. But plays dead as his sons hit him with wooden sticks. <clears throat> is that really what you want? I can't think of anything else I'd rather have. Huh. Well, then it's official. What's official? Well, your proposal. What? I wouldn't say that's what that Is was. This not, was this not an agreement? Yeah. Look, in the courts, you have to have substantial proof that it was not indeed a proposal. Now, you would know that this would have to be public and there would have to be witnesses. I would know more about how our courts work, Theseus, just as you know more about how your little sandbox works. What else is needed? Oh, yes. Sign documentation. As you see, she kind of looks around. I hand her a golden dagger. Okay. 
this okay? Yeah, I, this is I, perfect. I, I figured this makes sense. This is amazing. Hand her a, a golden dagger with a little rose, rose black jewel as, as the pommel. Okay. She takes it and she says, well, I suppose in this case the sword can be mightier than the pen. We'll be here for a while. And you see she starts scratching on the rock that she's laying on. After a few minutes, she says, Or I'll just stand there, put those foolish boy muscles to good use. You don't use them for anything else around here. And I would help, I would help her carve okay. her initials. And after a very long time, a very, very deep and distinct uh, T plus S carved on sandstone. And she looks into your eyes. And she leans in close. You said she hands me the dagger? Not yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I thought she, that's she looks. No, she looks into your eyes and she leans in close to your face. First, I, I point the dagger in her. I say, I want you to keep this. Oh. I was expecting a ring, but I suppose this counts. Maybe there's a ring. Maybe. I want you to keep this. Okay. I won't always be around to protect you, but you were worth, to me, more than any treasure that I could ever ask for. That our houses could ever give us. You know, I want you to have this. She says, thank you. And then I kiss her. Before you do, she puts the pommel of the dagger in between your faces. So you kiss the dagger. And she goes, ah, ah, ah. Isn't it customary in a Crowan culture to make sure we have chaperones this whole time? I jokingly push her on the shoulder. And you see, she kind of gives you a side eye, like, look over there. And you see the armed guards running <laughs> along along the cliff. I, I grab her. I grab her hand, and we start bolting off. Okay, and she laughs with you as you guys run into the distance, trying to escape your uh, would-be captors. Oh, this is so cute. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. And then you snap out of it. Uh, your hand resting, uh, tracing the indentation. I, th- I think at this point I would just need to sit down somewhere. I just need to sit down somewhere. Take some time. and After a while, maybe then go back to camp. Okay. It's pretty late. Most everyone is asleep, aside from a few guards assigned to watch the perimeter. You see, again, unmoving, Apollonia sitting at the edge of the, of the stone, staring up at the city. And as you pass by without her turning and looking at you, she says... Why would you follow that monster? Why would you worship Iroas? Because he's superior, honorable, god of victory, the god of our forefathers, the god of this city. Want me to keep going or leave it at that? If you'd like. Let's just say that you betray everything you or your family stands for when you wear that armor. I think that's the difference between us. I think for myself, and I don't mind. I don't fall into these customs like I used to. Iroas isn't the only path. He's not the only god. And I think that we were all taught that all gods should be respected. You see, she finally turns to look at you, nearly emotionless. And she says, I don't trust you. And if you give me any reason to, I'll kill you. I don't care who your daddy is. I don't care how. Strong you think you are. There's nothing you could do to keep me from taking your life if I wanted to. Just like a vermin. A rat. 
No, lower than a rat. An insect. That's all worshippers of Mojus are. A plague to be squashed. You know, maybe it's people like you that pushed me to worship me. Pushed. <laughs> oh, yes, pushed. From what some of the Akroa men have been talking about you, especially wearing that armor, you didn't have to be pushed. You jumped. Be that as it may. Things will change from ruler around here. Better watch your back. Not even your friends can protect you. And she just turns and continues to stare at the city. That's fine. I walk off and go to sleep. Okay. Don't miss a wink. Okay. You all wake up um, to the sight of Faustus shaking you awake. And as you blink your eyes open, he holds a finger to his mouth as if to be quiet as you get ready. The dawn, dawn has almost come. It's early morning before the sun rises. And your entire camp begins donning their armor in as much silence as possible. You all look to the direction of uh, the path leading up to Acros, and you see Apollonia sitting on the rock. In the same position she was the night before, wide awake, staring at the city. Is anybody else having buyer's remorse about saving Apollonia? Hey, it's meta, man. You can't you can, you know that. What? I feel Talon like actually, I do feel that way. I do feel like we we kind of had those thoughts before that That's interaction. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Faustus kind of hears you, and he's go, and he goes in a hushed tone, and says, "I know she's different than I anticipated her to be. Yeah, she's way worse. The stories make her out to be much better person, but that being said, right now." We have to choose between bad and worse. Our options are let her take the throne, be rude about it, or potentially let the world end because the gods cease to exist. I guess so. Or third option, we create a mutiny. And do what? That Apto hasn't already done. The city is under his control. The only one that can challenge his claim is Apollonia. Even your band can't. There's a chance she can take the throne without fighting. But if you were to just openly oppose Apto, you would have to start a, an open war. Mm. One that you could not win. For it is the armies of Malatus, the Centaur bands, the Leonin, the Acroans, and everyone in between that you would be fighting against. Oh. He kind of looks around and he said, and I don't know if this ragtag group can manage that now. So you're proud to your gods that it works. I have been. Finish getting ready and head off, I suppose. I feel that's the only thing we can do at this point. As you finish getting ready, Apollonia stands and begins walking up the path. Army marching behind her in a long, thin column that stretches nearly from the top of the cliffs, cliffs to the bottom as you hike the narrow passage and path up to the city. When you make it to the top of the cliff, it levels out to a large plateau headed west by north, nearly flat the entire way, aside from this large city rising up. You would know that direction, Theseus, as to be the direction to Scophos, or the Minotaur lands. More desolate than here, the only biggest natural barrier separating you and them is 
uh, the Great Chasm and the Ferengax Bridge, not more than five miles away from here. The gate to the city lies facing that direction, strategically placed in order to defend against attacks from the Minotaurs. Straddling the gate, a large construct made of darkened bronze, wielding a spear and shield, standing 300 feet tall, the Colossus of Akros. Hmm. Some say, in crisis, it will animate and defend the city. Made by, mm. forged by the hands of Perforus himself. I ever have I ever seen it? Of course. Like, be like, like. Oh, oh no! No one no, has. No, no, no. It's just rumors. It's rumors. It's, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's like, oh, you're a little kid being tucked into bed, and like you know, you heard that there was a Minotaur raid, right? The Colossus and, will protect you. Yeah, and then the parents are like, don't worry. Like, if Minotaurs come here, our brave warriors will defend us. And if they're not enough, the Colossus will animate, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and destroy all Minotaurs forever, always. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but there's rumor has it that it was activated for the first and last time during the Atlantis uh, and Acros crisis. Sort of like the Troy-type deal. By the time you reach the large wooden and metal gates that span nearly the length of the entire wall, the sun is breaking over the mountains to the east, shining light across the large volcano to the north, where it is believed Perforus himself resides. Standing in front of the gate, Apollonia calls out, her voice carrying over the entire city, which seems to be completely hushed in silence. She shouts, I am Apollonia, daughter of Anax, son of Anacules, the rightful heir to the throne of Akros. Open these gates. And there's a long, silent pause. Without shouting back, or any noises other than the large unlatching on the other side, the gates creak open loudly, revealing empty or near-empty streets, with only a few Acroan guards here and there. Apollonia enters, atop her griffin, walking through the streets, looking around these steep plaster-built houses. You can see people peeping out of their windows and catching your eyes, shutting the blinds, well, shutting the shutters or curtains quickly to avoid your gaze. It takes nearly... 20 minutes to wind your way to the Acropolis. Is the city, like, dead? Is there a lot of people around, or...? They're in their houses. They're in their houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally, you make it to the central fortress, the Acropolis, where the palace and courthouse lie, overlooking the entire city, including the large arena near the center. The gates are shut here. And you see guards standing shoulder to shoulder on the walls around. A sight that is not normally seen. Theseus. Apollonia states the same statement as she did previously. But this time the gates don't open. And instead, standing at top of the gatehouse, you see a Leonan man appear. Apto. And he says, My friends, I am sorry. But you are too late. Didn't you know? It is illegal. 
to march an army into Akros unless commanded to do so by its ruler. Listen, we have the rightful ruler here with us. Not some imposter trying to turn the world against itself. Well, for all we know, this is just some woman you found. How do we know it is the real Apollonia? I feel like the griffin's a pretty big giveaway. Or the shield that she carries. Or the fact that she has an immense amount of knowledge. Anyone can listen to the stories that have been told here for decades. Pass them along to their children. Anyone could recreate the image of what we thought they were. What about someone that's met Apollonia? You see, there's kind of like murmuring amongst the guards at the top of the tower. Someone that knows her personally. I fear you would be a bit hard-pressed to find someone like that here. And what if this person is the ruler of the city? (laughs) The city belongs to the allegiance. You see Faustus kind of leans in to you, to your group, and he says, it can't be true. They need the approval of the Moetian and other representatives. They haven't arrived here yet. He's trying to stall. We know you're lying. We know that that, uh, all of this paperwork hasn't gone through yet. (laughs) (laughs) And who told you that? Uh, Just a hunch. Why are you stalling for time so much? Why are you so afraid if you don't believe this is her? Fear. Open the gates if you are not fearful. Only a persuasion check with advantage. Noise! It's a doozy. 22. Whoa! Whoa. You see, he looks frustrated. Like you've struck a nerve. Um, And his pride gets the best of him, and you see he nods over, and the command is given, and you see the gates are opened, and the portcullis grate lifted. As you walk in to the courtyard of the palace, inside the courtyard itself, you see 400 guards standing shield to shield, leaving only a small space for you and your small troop to enter. Archers line the walls, aiming their arrows at you. You're outnumbered three, four to one. And as you enter, the gates shut abruptly behind you and the portcullis drops. Apto walks down off the wall. Most of these troops are a Crowan. Most of them are from the elite uh, guard that guards the city that your father was in charge of, known as the Lucos. The Lucos. Yep. You also see Theseus, a familiar face. You see, <coughs> you see the familiar face of a nearly elderly, a little bit older than middle-aged uh, gentleman, hair, uh, a gray-white, um, pristine armor. Um, this is General Capris, which you know was the leader, um, of sort of the foreign, not foreign. They're known as the Alamon which are just the, mo- the the expeditionary army, basically. The non... 
stay here and protect the city army. Like a militia of some kind? No. Not, not a militia, sorry. They're more word. rugged than that. Like these, like, okay, think of think of the Lucos as the Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Think of the Alamon, which is his command, like the Marines. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Like the Marines are like the tip of the spear, always down there first, rugged, tough guys. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they don't hold a light to Navy SEALs. But they're like, you still don't want to mess with the Marines. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's like the largest section of the army. Like that's where most people enlist to. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that are always on the front lines <clears throat> fighting uh, Minotaurs constantly. Gotcha. So, and this guy is seeing action. You know that he's a friend of your father's. Mm-hmm. Also, you never said you took any of your armor off. By the way, uh, yes, I did. I said it on the. I said it on the. Uh, oh, true. I didn't say in the. Sorry. Well, you didn't say yeah. that. You you said you might do it. You didn't say. You sorry. Sure I no. I for sure. Yeah. No. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Is it in the bag of holding? Where is it at? Sure, in the bag of holding, I guess. Okay. Uh, but no, I still have my. Sorry, I said we said it in the after show. You said your got, sword. Uh, but yeah, I have and my sword on. and the gauntlets because every like everything else would be a giveaway. Yeah. Okay. And he says. Well, Theseus, but to be honest, I uh, never thought I'd see you again. And yet it's still too soon. <laughs> no hard feelings about what happened in the trial. I was just trying to protect the interests of Akros. You understand that, right? Oh, I'm sure. Hmm. And there's just an awkward silence between everybody. Are you purposely putting this awkward silence here? Yeah. <laughs> this is just kind of like a standoff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Finally, Apto breaks the silence and says, Well, now that we are acquainted, what are you doing here? Exactly what you sent us to do. Find Apollonia and come back. It's unfortunate that we actually did it, though, isn't it? Look, what we needed nearly a year ago is not what the world needs now. A little, how do they say it? Too little, too late. I mean, it wasn't us that ran out on the world for eight months, was it? But it was you who sent us. I did not send you to Olentis. I believe I recall sending you to find Apollonia. And part of finding her was going to Olantis. Oh, also the part of foiling your plan of trying to resurrect Olantis through Carinarius. Yeah. That part of your plan fell apart as well. Just FYI, in case you haven't gotten word from Roll me an insight check. <laughs> nope. That's, I rolled a two. I okay. didn't add anything. Um, emotionless, stone-faced, he says, What lengths your little group goes to try and fight the system? Honestly, we haven't really... I mean, if you're part of the new system... We haven't done anything to fight against it. We did exactly what you wanted us to. We found Apollonia. We brought her back. I may, I am acknowledging that. And I'm telling you, we do not need your services anymore. The world will help. Letter would have been nice. We thought you were dead. Didn't we, boys? And everyone kind of like chuckles and laughs all at once. We and you thought see... that, we, that you still needed us. So it seems as though we're even. Now, let us enter the city. You are here, are you not? Well, this seems like no way to welcome the heroes of Atlantis, now does it? Or the heroes of... Uh, Neolantis? What was our title? The heroes of Neolantis. 
Yeah, that one. Heroes of Neolantis, now does it? Perhaps. But maybe. Not quite heroes. Traitors. Trying to deceive the world. Sailing to Grufix's eye, learning his secrets, to try and take the gods' power for yourselves. This seems more like a narrative that could be believed. Mm, just like the one where you're trying to take over power and get rid of the gods out of the kindness of your heart for all of the good people in the world, right? You're not doing it for personal gain, right? It's all, it's all for everybody else. It's for their peace. It is. So it is, you see, he yells. A new tyranny can take over because, you know, utopias are totally plausible. And he sort of adjusts his mane after he yells how uh, it is, it is, when you said that it's for everybody else. He says, I have tried to reason with you, both in the Olantis and here. You've tried to get rid of us. It hasn't worked. <laughs> Be that as it may, this needs to happen, and I can't have you stopping me. So how are we going to resolve this? You see a lot of the, the soldiers here are kind of getting a little uneasy, um, especially because Apollonia hasn't said a word. She's just been staring. Seriously. She's just been staring down. Apto. How many of you Acroan men truly stand behind what Abdo is saying? As you look around, they're, they're like everyone's kind of like looking at each other to like see who raises their hand, basically, and not not anybody raises their hand. Well, they're all scared. Hmm. Interesting. Don't you men stand with Abdo and what he preaches? Don't you think you'd be better off without Iroas? There's some murmuring that happens there too. You see, even General Campus looks a little uneasy. I, I think that this city, with its many, many years of being protected by the god himself, would stand without him? Do you think that it would stand with an outsider at its head, and not one of your own, as I point to Apollonia? Uh, you see in the crowd some older men. Like General Capris, um, just as soldiers, sort of give like a, a like a acknowledging nod. Some men that could have plausibly been here and known of Apollonia in their youth. You see, General Capris says, "Men, choose for yourself, but for me, I stand with Acros, and I stand with Iroas, and I stand with Apollonia." He goes and he stands next to her. <coughs> and Faustus steps up too, and he says, And I. And he goes and stands next to Apollonia. I would walk over you. You join, and, and one by one, every, well, most, uh, Adelphos does, and one by one, most of your little band, 200 warriors that have come in, uh, stands up next to and close to Apollonia as they can too. And pretty soon, a bunch of drug guards start to trickle from the crowd, a bunch of the Lucos, a lot of the bowmen begin to uh, set their bows and arrows down, and others begin to join. And you see um, General Capris looks at you, Theseus, with an earnest look, um, as if to say, if you show your support here, that could 
mean the difference because right now it's about half and half mm-hmm. does that make sense <clears throat> but you're known among like everybody here does that make sense yeah you're somewhat of a celebrity I would. and as you see you know people begin to form it's literally about you know what was originally three or four to one is now almost exactly even apollonia on one side apto on the other and everyone is looking to you theseus i'll begin walking over to the other side i stand with akros and after that, you see a lot of murmuring goes on with the troops that are standing kind of on, on Apto's side. And you see many of them leave and come to this side. And pretty soon, the numbers swapped pretty, pretty exactly as it was before. Now, rather than three or four to one with enemies of yours, it is now three or four to one of allies of yours. And Apto begins to quiver and shake a little bit and he says but but this can't happen the treaties they're they're to be signed we just we we just are waiting for for the council what will you do when the council comes oh i thought you said it was too late lying doesn't bode very well for honest and just leadership does it and when you say that even more people defect from his side you know what's the most ironic part about all this, Abdo? You created us. It's your fault we're all together. <sighs> you see he begins to growl, and he bares his teeth, and his claws come out. I'm just going to pull my rapiers out and say, make my day. Do it. <sighs> and he begins to run at you, but just then Apollonia stands in between you two. And she says, enough! There's been enough fighting and blood spilt over meaningless quarrels. Our world used to exist in balance, where city-states coexisted in tenuous peace that did not threaten the lives and beliefs of other peaceful individuals. I'm honoring that old status here as she looks at uh, Abdo. And as she calls out, she says, Any man that chooses to leave with him has my guaranteed protection. But they must do just that. They must leave the city immediately. Never to return here again. For those loyal to Akros and Iroas, show your loyalty even more and your strength of character by staying your blades. And she looks at Apdo. She says, This is my city. The city of my father is my father's father. You really think you could have taken it from me? And without saying a word... His claws begin to retract again into his fingers and his ears sort of pull back a little bit. And with a distasteful look, he slowly walks out of the city as the gates open, winding down. And as he does, he's followed by the handful of Akroan soldiers that sided with him. And by this point, people are beginning to leave their houses and stand in the street. And they... uh, Silently watch on as Apto leaves with his small band. And as he crosses the threshold of the outer gate, he turns around one last look at you five. A look cold and distant. A look as if this may have gone exactly how he wanted. The same look he gave you at the banquet at Neolantis when he set you on this mission. The doors slam in front of him. And Apollonia turns around and she says, 
The first order of business is we will reopen our temples for worship. By now, most of the city has gathered as much as they could in this uh, square of the city. And she says, and to honor the legacy of our deities, we shall promptly begin another session of the games. I know it is out of season, but what better way to honor Iroas than to host the games? And everybody erupts in applause again. And as preparations begin to work, she turns to you five. And she says, thank you for your help. Your presence, I think, was enough to sway many. It will be tenuous, but we'll be able to restore order. The council, Melitus, representatives of the centaurs and satyrs should be here shortly, a few days or so. I shall ask your assistance once more in ceasing talks of forming an alliance, but as peaceably as possible. Until then, and she looks at you, Theseus, I think there's business you need to attend to. And she walks off. Was she referring to my father? Mm-hmm. Okay. You get the idea that she's the type of leader that, even though she's stern and harsh and straightforward, is is also, because, due to her bluntness, just very well-informed, if that makes sense. Like, she, she makes it a point to... To be well informed by people and, and obviously knows that your father is sick. Mm. Somehow. Right. I don't know how. We have 15 or 20 minutes, which is perfect enough time to get you to Proteus, and then we'll end before like your interaction with Proteus happens. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. If you guys want I, to do that, you don't have to do it. That's what I was figuring we were going towards. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Um. All right. Yeah, I would make my way to, I'm assuming he would be in kind of like the the palace? No, or... so the palace itself is cut off. The Acropolis is, is cut off from the rest of the city entirely. But just around the palace, um, all the buildings sort of nestled up as close to the palace walls as possible is like the arrest the aristocratic oh. area. Or would he be at my home? Well, no, that's where your home is. I is see. in that area, which right. is still above the rest of the city in a lot of ways, but not necessarily the palace itself. Yeah. Because even though he is the guard... Of, of the city. He doesn't live in the palace. The king does. The royal yeah. family does. He just guards it. Right. Um, I would start making my way home for the first time in a long time. As you do so, it becomes second nature. Much like when you find yourself driving home and not realizing the route that you're taking. Before you know it, you're standing in front of your house. A eight-foot-tall wall surrounding your villa with two gates either side of a large rhododendron tree or rose bush, the color jet black. Those same sigils mark the gates inside the walls. You can see through the bronze slats into the dusty courtyard, and you have another flashback. You're 17, maybe 18, and you're in the courtyard training. Per usual, your father is out, sitting on a porch beneath shade, watching you spar with your friend and servant, Faustus. As you do so, you're pretty evenly matched. Using real bronze, you're careful not to exactly hurt each other, but are mainly trying to Get the upper hand in the fight and possibly disarming the other. 
or putting one in a vulnerable position. After a full morning, Proteus calls you over to the porch. I have to kind of hustle over there. Your form is a little lacking. It's strong, but enemies can exploit those weaknesses. Turn your foot up when you lunge. Faustus knows this. He's sidestepping. He's getting past you just enough. Do you do it? Do it. Oh, yeah. I assume I, ru- I assume I, I run back. And, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you I run back and, you know, we get set up again, start sparring. And you do exactly what your father say yep. says. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty soon you have the upper hand on Faustus. Knock the sword out of his hand, knock him off balance, and hold the sword to his throat. See, Proteus calls you over again. What was that? Is that good? Sufficient. Now for your next task. True warriors, soldiers, need to know how to take orders. Exactly. And he leans in close to you. And he whispers, on your next spar, take his eye. Make it look like an accident. I look confused. Don't, you, you, do, what? You heard me. Do you not believe you're skilled enough to exact an eye without killing blow? Of course I I could. Then Faust, do it. Faustus is good. I don't care. And he just leans back in his chair on the porch. I kind of slowly make my way back, kind of shake my head to brush off kind of what he said, and okay, begin sparring with him again. All right. Routine is normal. Do you do what your father asks? Asks? No. Okay. After the sparring session lasts fairly well into the evening, you see Proteus calls, Enough! That's enough! And he turns to Faustus, and he says, Go home, boy. Your father has work for us to do. Or, sorry, your father has work to do. Faustus politely bows and jogs out the back of the courtyard. Without saying a word to you, Theseus, Proteus, or your father, enters your villa. By now, dinner is ready. And adorned on your table in the center of the home is a beautiful meal, as you often have after hard training sessions. As the servants begin to serve plates of food in front of you, First, your father, and then your mother. They begin to serve in front of you, and Proteus looks at the servant and says, Theseus won't be eating tonight. Shocked, the servant stops, and then cautiously bows and walks away. Father, what do you mean? I I trained so hard today. He eats without saying a word or even looking at you. We both know warrior must eat. Warrior must also follow orders. As he takes a sip of his wine and puts the cup down. Your mother looks shocked and looks gives you a look of concern, which you have understood before to be a I'm sorry, but I can't do anything. The next morning you wake up, prepare, and you're normally uh when you wake up, there's normally food waiting to get you started in the day. You enter the kitchen, there's no one there. No food has been prepared. By the time you make it outside into the courtyard, Proteus is already sitting in a spot on the porch. Faustus is waiting. Father, how am I supposed to fight with no breakfast? Without saying a word. Oh, no. Yep, without saying a word, Proteus just turns his head and looks at you. A look that you've known before. Which is, you better do as I say, or else. Okay, I get in my sparring stance. Alright, much as normal, you spar with Faustus. Though uncharacteristically like the spars that you've had before, 
Your father doesn't call you over. He doesn't give you direction. He just watches. At every turn, whether or not you win or Faustus wins, all Proteus says is, again. I continue fighting. Okay. At any point, do you take Faustus's eye? No. Okay. The end of the day comes. Proteus stands up, looks at Faustus, says, you can go home now. Turns and goes into the house. As you enter in, the table is set. Three chairs, food in front of two. The food in front of yours is missing. Father, this is, this is ridiculous. He just eats in silence. I'd just be upset and just, you know, go to my room. Um, you try to leave the table, and he says, No! You stay. Wait until I'm finished. As he eats. Enough for two in front of you. That's how I am. It's your stomach. That's the noise I make. <laughs> the next day, a repeat of before. You're awake to no breakfast. Proteus sitting in his spot, Faustus awaiting sparring. Yep. I get ready. As you spar, at any point, do you take his eye? No. Much like the day before, all you hear is the again, again, again after every match. Until at the end of the day, Faustus is sent home. And you walk inside to yet another feast for two. This time I would, I guess I just sit down at the table. Okay. And I guess I just wait. Without speaking a word, anybody at the table, your mother included, your father and your mother eat. And I stare at the food. He looks at you and gives you a look like, you know what you need to do. Without acknowledging you, he gets up and he leaves. The servants clear the table. The next morning you wake up to, again, no food. At this point, I would, I would try to look around for food. Um, in all the places where it normally would be, it's not. So you check in the containers that you would keep olives, bread, dried fish. It's all been moved somewhere. Are there any servants around? Uh, in the kitchen, no. No? What about my mom? Um, yeah, your mom is usually up at this time. Okay, I was... Mom, I, uh, I just need some water. I believe that's all right. I would just get some water. It's okay. You go out. Faustus is waiting. Proteus in his chair. You begin sparring. Yeah. You, at any point today, take Faustus's eye. No. Again, Proteus gets up. Goes into the table. And the fourth night in a row, you're without food. And the next morning comes. Same routine. Do you take Faustus's eye? No, I don't. For that fifth night, you remain without food. Day six dawns. You feel I... weakness in your muscles as you try and get out of bed. Stiffness and soreness as your stomach hurts. Craving the energy you need to keep up the same regiment. You're almost delirious from, from hunger and the necessity to sustain yourself. You hobble out to the courtyard. Faustus is waiting as always, as is your father. I would, I would try to like pull, pull him to the side, like Proteus to the side. Okay. Father, it's too much. I... I'm, I can't do it. It's, I couldn't even if I tried now. I'm too weak, too hungry. So, so you, so you're giving up. If I could have some food. Sure. Sure. I can? Sure. And you see he waves to some servants who bring up a small plate of putrid rotting fish. 
scraps that had been thrown out by Proteus several days before. I turned to him and I said, this is too much. I can't. Really? Sounds like you're quitting. Sounds like you're giving up. And in this household, losing means death. And he sits down in this chair and just stares out at where Faustus is. Okay, and I get in my fighting stance. Okay, do you fight as normal? I do. Um, but at one point I do the, the move that he, he taught me to do. And you know, at the end of the day, tired, exhausted, starving, you know, Faustus's will exploit your weak side. As he does so, instead of stepping away from his thrust, you step into it. Potentially exposing your torso, but you know that Faustus would never allow him to even hit you accidentally. But in doing so, you open up his face. Perfect for a strike. As you thrust forward, you catch the top of his cheek and cut upwards into his eye and up past his eyebrow. He screams in pain and drops his sword, covering his hand, his eye with his hands, blood coming out of it. I would just stare shocked at first. Um, and then kind of, you know, like engage and, and see if he's okay. Mm-hmm. Dasta, are you okay? I'm sorry. It was, it was an accident. Ah, my eye. Ah, my eye. And, and help. And I call for like the, the slaves or not slaves. Sorry. The, the help, the servants. Um, Proteus waves and you see there are several that rush to Faustus's aid, take him off the property. And without speaking, Proteus stands up, walks into the house. I would follow him in. You go in and there's a larger feast here than you've ever seen at any banquet, including those you've attended at the Royal Palace. Three places set. I would just, just dig in. Faustus, I mean, sorry, uh, Proteus says nothing as you do so. And just casually eats as he has done in uh, the nights previous. He doesn't say anything to me? Nothing. I finish. I get up. And then just, I don't know, just wanting to distract myself from what happened. I go back into the arena mm-hmm. and I just begin training more. You train all night. Sick to your stomach from overeating, from not eating for six days. You feel terrible. Woozy and sick, you throw up multiple times, but you keep training. Running the length of the courtyard, doing push-ups, slashing your sword against a wood post, until so weak you can barely even hold the sword, and then you just begin punching the post as hard as you can. You punch and punch and punch repeatedly as your knuckles get bloody, and finally you pass out out of exhaustion. As you blink in and out of reality, you can see staring down at you from a courtyard overlooking yours, a face. It disappears, and then moments later appears above yours. It's Sophia. She says, Theseus, what, what, what are you doing? What happened? I just needed to rest. Okay, I'll help you to your room. I try to get up. You can't on your own, but she helps you. You notice a small golden dagger attached to her waistband. She helps you in your room and lays you down. She said, I saw what happened. I think I think Faustus will be okay. He may not be able to use that eye, but he still has his other. He knows it was an accident. It's okay. He'll forgive you. You're still your friend. And at that point, I would... I would just burst into tears in front of her. Not even being able to say anything. Like, I try to say something, but it's just... Mm-hmm. She holds you uh, through the night. 
But when you wake up in the morning, she's gone. And you snap back to reality, only to see your mother in front of you, shocked to see you. Theseus, my boy. Um, she just holds you as you as you cry. In somewhere in in been like in between the crying, you know, and the I catch my breath and I it wasn't an accident. Of course it was. No, it was it it wasn't. What? I had to. He made me. Shh, it's okay. And then I would just keep saying it over and over again. He made me. He made me. And as you begin to say that, you drift off to sleep in Sophia's arms. And when you wake up in the morning, she's gone. And then all of a sudden you're snapped back into reality. Only to see the gates you were peering through that sent you back into this flashback. um, Opened with your mother rushing out of them towards you. Theseus. Theseus, my son. I would would run to her and embrace her as well. Um, She hugs you tightly. And she says, I'm so glad you're here. I don't know how much longer your father has. In fact, if you wouldn't have come any earlier than this, I think you would have missed him. Missed him? He's dying, Theseus. He looks that bad. The surgeons give him the night, maybe two. I, I need to talk to him. He would like that. And you're all escorted into this villa, past this dirt courtyard, with weapon stands and targets set up in it, through a luxury, a luxurious, large dining area with places to lounge, to the top floor, which overlooks a good part of the city. Plants and things growing out of the rooftop above. Your mother stands at the door and ushers you all in. You see a bed lined with white and red linen sheets and a frail Proteus lying on it. We'll wait outside. Yeah, I think I'd be by the door. Give Theseus a moment. Theseus, as you take some steps down into this room, your father looks pale and weak, but not too different from what he normally looks like. And as his labor breathing is shallow and short, you walk to the other side of the bed. And I would kind of keep like somewhat of a distance, almost kind of like, like when you don't know if you're welcome somewhere. Yeah, that's fine. I keep like a little bit of distance. His eyes are closed, but as you walk to the other side of the bed, you see it. A massive infection on his skin in the form of a lightning bolt starting from the side of his neck and face down the entire left side of his body. And you hear a voice in your ear, and it's Mojus's. And you hear him say, I told you that vengeance would come in my own time. And you realize the injury you gave your father in Melitus is killing him. And that's where we'll end our session. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, catch us next week. We love you. We love you. Bye. Well, if you want to be traumatized, I guess just listen in next week or something. Hey, do you love everything PGD&D? Be sure to subscribe to our TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube for consistent updates. We're also on Patreon.com for only 2 bucks a month. You can also get loads of exclusive content, including our after show. Thanks as always, and we'll catch you next week on PGD&D.